0: Hey guys, you're listening to Sound Scrub, a place where I get to dissect the writing, production, and recording process of a song with the artist and producer. I am your host, Lisa Dene.
1: My name is Abigail Ori. Um, I am a singer, and uh, I uh, was the lyricist for this song and the singer for this song, um, and. Do you have a fun fact about me? I did ballet for a long time, even though oh, I'm nice. very uncoordinated.
2: I'm Donna Lewis Harris, singer-songwriter. Um, been around for a long time. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that, um, yeah, my I Love You Always Forever single like, is 25 years old next year, so I can't really believe that I've been around for that long in the music business. But anyway, that's great. And my fun fact is, I like to have a cup of tea in in the pool. Oh, nice! Are you, are you
0: on a Are you on a float? Are you doing that like on a floaty? or are sipping your tea. No, just,
2: just 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 chilling with a little yeah. mug of, little mug of English
1: tea at the side nice she actually nice she gosh. holds her tea above the water as she swims swims laps <laughs> every time she comes up for air she takes a- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that would be an awesome trick
2: <laughs> oh my gosh
3: well I'm a you know I'm a music producer record producer uh in woods well right outside of Woodstock uh a lot of the stuff that I work on is independent but I also work on you know pop records I was uh you know, I've worked on orchestrations for Shawn Mendes, produced Jade wow. Bird, worked with Lumineers, uh, Lenny Kravitz, just finished uh, four songs, uh, produced four songs for Shania Twain. So I sort of move around a lot of both pop and sort of indie world stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Got Mercury nominated for Bat for Lashes, a record we produced. Um, So do a lot of different things. My my sort of fun fact is that I was born on Leap Year Day against my mother's wishes. She tried to have me knock on that day. Um, (laughs) And she begged the doctor. And he told her that it was out of his control. And she's probably still mad at him.
0: (laughs) Wow. So technically, how old are you? Oh, if you don't mind saying, you don't actually have to say that. Sorry,
3: I shouldn't oh, be no, asking that fine. question. <laughs> I, 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 that's a good question. I think I'm I'm somewhere between ten and thirteen. So awesome! I'm,
0: I'm, that is amazing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm so yeah. jealous of you. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, I'm 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 literally I can't have a drink or anything. I'm I'm. Wow. A, my, my <laughs> My son is probably technically my age, Um, (laughs) or at least in terms of the number of birthdays I had, which is pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, that is honestly the craziest thing to think about. (laughs) Um, It is weird. Yeah, it is weird. It is. I just, yeah. Um, But anyways, today's episode of Sound Scrub, uh, we are going to be talking about Waves by Abigail Ori. And I want to start with the lyrics of the song. Actually, what is this song about? And what inspired you to write it?
1: Well, um, so from a literal standpoint, uh, the lyrics are about somebody watching the sun come up, you know, over the ocean and finding out that the person they are enamored with is not who they thought they were. Um, I wrote the first version of the song for a dance production, um, where at that point in the production, it's revealed that the uh, woman that this character is in love with is actually a hologram. <laughs> oh. How, however, um, I don't know, I, I think that it has sort of broader meaning past, you know, the, the dance show um, about accepting change, uh, kind of rolling with those punches in our interpersonal relationships. Um even if, you know, we've never been in love with a person who turns out to be a hologram, I'm sure we've all had those sort of moments of clarity where we find out something isn't what it seemed or something has right. changed, was, and just kind of like uh, accepting that is a bit what the song is about.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, did you and Did you write this solo or did Donna step in at some point or David with lyric ideas?
1: Um, I, th- I believe all the lyrics were mine. Donna helped me sort of rearrange them a little bit. Okay. They weren't, they, they, so I wrote the first version, um, when I was much younger, I was, I think I was 14, as a sophomore in high school. Um, and then I sort of did different versions of it over the years through high school. And then I brought it to Donna and then we, and Donna, correct me if if that's wrong, I think though that all the lyrics were mine, and we just sort of like moved them around.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. It was my it was my recollection. <laughs> no, <I'm... laughs> they were all yours. When they're good, you don't want to change them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, how did
1: you two meet, um, Donna and Abigail? I was um, introduced to Donna uh, through a, a, a friend of a, a friend of my. Dads, um, my dad's like best childhood friend, or one of them is is uh, close with Donna. Um, Their whole families, I guess, are close. Um, So we first started talking, I think, over email or or on the phone a little bit, Hmm. Um, and and then uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. So you you, you carry on for a bit. Yes, I was just gonna say that we um, met up for the first time in after talking for a while over the phone and over email, um, in upstate New York, um, and started, uh, had like a day where we, where we sort of worked on like co-writing ideas and, and mm-hmm. song ideas. Yeah. Um, and this one, after I got like a feel for her, her style and everything, I thought this one would be so great and that she'd really connect with it.
2: Well, Abigail, cause Abigail sent me, um, a few songs that she'd written, mm-hmm. and she wanted my my ideas of you know what I thought about them, and that you know i Abigail, as you know, she's her writing is very quirky, very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's <laughs> very different, so I'm listening to them, and i'm I'm thinking, okay, this particular one really stands out, and so I wrote back to her and said i think I think it was um doomsday I was most attracted to, and the others. Really needed work, and I and I said to her, "I think you know the best thing to do is come up to my place. Let's get in the studio. Let's try a little bit of co-writing and see where it goes. Because mm-hmm. I have somebody that I know who's like a genius, Mr. Baron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like
3: a, definitely sub genius, <laughs> but thank
2: you. Uh, her writing is it is very very unusual. So she." we decided on waves and she'd written the melody and the lyrics. And so mm-hmm. we just, you know, worked on it here, kind of rearranged it. I did um, the music. We, we wanted to kind of demo it in a very basic idea. So we did kind of like a piano kind of vocal demo, but her vocals, you know, I have my studio here. So her vocals sounded really great. I made sure we got some great vocals from her. And then, you know, over time then, you know, we started and then we'll, we'll talk about David. But I said, you know, I feel I can really help you with the songwriting. And even though I do a lot myself, I really feel you really need the right producer. And advocate mm. was, well, what does a producer do? And I said, well, you know, <laughs> um, because she, she's so-
3: <laughs> it's a million dollar question. <laughs> <I> will-
2: <laughs> that is so true. But I, I really felt David was somebody I knew and worked with on a couple of things. And I just knew he would get what to do with Abigail. So, you know, we wrote the song together and then, David, you're up.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they brought me the song and I met Abigail. And, you know, I thought she was uh, an incredible uh, sort of artist. That's very interesting, super unique. Like, Mm -hmm. not like... I see a lot of artists after they've sort of either been developed or they're very pop or they sort of have like something about them that's already happened or happening. And she came as like a fully new, like, how do you do this? What, what do you do? What's your job? And how do we, how do we, create? <laughs> literally like from the beginning, like how do we create a track? And I thought that that was kind of amazing. And she was an amazing you know she's an amazing person to speak to, just mm-hmm. on pretty much every subject. I call her Abba Google because she knows <laughs> about literally everything oh, yeah, in the world. Does. Oh my gosh, He's how
1: cute! That's that's Is caught that? on with that's caught on with my family. My grandpa calls me that now. Oh, <laughs> I love that.
2: That should be your your nickname for all your young <laughs> Abba Google.
3: So I, I loved Abba Google right away and I knew that she was uh, you know an adventurous person. And I mm-hmm. and I loved the song, and Donna brought it to me. And 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 I know Donna obviously separately, uh, and Donna is a seasoned songwriter, understands song structure and all those things. So they sort of worked out the, you know, normally a producer's first job is sort of figure out, you know, what's working about a song or what's not working about a song. Right. And Donna really did that first bit of production mm-hmm. um, and then brought it to, to me. Um, what we decided was, you know, based on like sort of listening to a lot of music and hanging out with, with, with Abigail was, you know, she, she's attracted to things that are more raw, that aren't too Mm -hmm. produced, that aren't too pop or too electronic. And we decided to cut it live with a band. And we did, we took the vocal that they recorded, uh, which was fantastic. I mean, Donna did an amazing job and we hired several musicians. Jesse Murphy, the, you know, he's one of the founders of the Brazilian Girls to play mm-hmm. bass. Adam Widoff, who's a local guitar player, who was, a, you know, was actually Lenny Kravitz's first guitar player, and he's just very adventurous. And uh, a brilliant drummer, a local drummer named Zachary Alford. And Zach is, you know, was Bowie's drummer for many years and Springsteen is just a... We, so we got this top flight band to come in and play live. And the sort of idea was to take the song... Which was you know had had a sort of groove to it and then give it sort of a little bit more of a sort of sneaky you know so if sort of, I've always imagined this song of like and this is this is definitely not what Abigail intended, so Abigail you'll probably laugh but <laughs> i've always. I've always intended it as like you're standing by the ocean and you get engulfed by a wave and you get pulled out into the ocean and you're just falling the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And that's a lot of the psychedelia of the, the oh my album. Gosh. And,
0: yeah, I can actually listen, see that.
3: <laughs> if you listen to it, there's more and more effects on the vocals as the song proceeds. Mm-hmm. There's more delay, there's more reverb, everything builds. The whole time until the end when her head pops up out of the water and she's doing that like scat thing. But that's just because she's uh, survived this crazy delusion (laughs) Mm -hmm. of thought. So that sort of musical, uh, that sort of like visual inspiration sort of gave me um, sort of the idea of like it should be kind of psychedelic. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit like a dream world as opposed to reality for me at least. And I know that that mean Abigail, I don't even ever ask you if that's what you intended. Is that what you intended?
1: David, you know what? That's crazy. So I, it was not at all really what I intended. I mean, the first version of the song, like what it was really intended for when I first wrote it was just like the show, to go with the show. Um, and as I developed it, I, that definitely was not what I was thinking of. Um, but it seems to be the impression that multiple people have had, because actually um, my, my, uh, brilliant friend and co-collaborator who I'm working on, um, for this mm-hmm. music video, he's a wonderful animator named, uh, Arturo Gonzalez Barrios, he was like, oh my gosh, like, we have to have, this has got to be, like, a dream world animation video where the main character ends up falling into the depths of the ocean.
3: So yeah, well, that's
1: <laughs> that exactly oh, no, my, gosh. that was literally... <laughs> And I was like, okay, go with it. But I was like, that was, that wasn't even where I was thinking at all. I was just like, I don't know, thinking about like like dancing on the beach or something, but.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because I had this idea when I heard this song that it would be totally agreed. Um, it would be totally agreed that, uh, that this sort of feeling happens. So, so like, there's several things in the in the song that help that underwater feeling. Like, the guitar solo is played through a spinning speaker called the Leslie, which is common in music. But normally we run organs through the Leslie, but we actually ran the guitar through the Leslie to get that sort of, like, John Lennony kind of bubbly, spinny guitar sound. Yeah. So, like, a lot of things are meant to be a little bit aquatic. Obviously, the drums are a bit harder sounding than that. But we went definitely more... Like, I don't, I hate the word retro because it doesn't mean anything. Cause like, I guess tomorrow, I mean, yesterday was retro. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like,
2: a good, it's a good description. I think.
3: It is a bit retro, even though I hate that word. <laughs> I really mm-hmm. do hate that word. I'm going to make a concerted effort not to use it in my twelfth year <laughs> uh, But my, my thought was, you know, the drums had to be kind of a bit hard and a bit, retro like like they had to sound like they came from something. There's a there's a bit of nostalgia to the song. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a like this whole thing of falling into the ocean and all of that. It it almost feels to me like a postcard. Like it feels like something that happened and that got mailed to you, and you're like, wow, look at this magical postcard (laughs) of this this young mermaid woman falling into the (laughs) ocean. Which, (laughs) no, I do think of you as a mermaid in this song, which is probably also.
2: Well, so you, I have you a, think? Yeah. You think also um, because her voice, Abigail's voice, is so interesting. You mm-hmm. know, I think every area of her voice sounds totally different. You'd be amazed at how different her voice sounds. So you have this etherealness about it. You know, for the mermaid and that kind of thing, and then this like raw gutsy um, chorus vocal, which is I, I feel the crashing of the waves and. that thing but doesn't her voice lend itself to that david
3: absolutely 100 percent. yes total
1: you know what i think i'd be good at i think i'd be good at like character animation voices oh yeah you would
3: (laughs) yeah but in every song not just this song but in waves in every production the, the singer ostensibly takes on a character and yeah. gives that character to the, to the listener, whether they know it or not. You're taking the role of, you know, we always talk about actors taking on characters, but the minute you open your voice, I mean, you open your mouth and you start singing and people hear your voice and they hear the first few words that come out of your mouth. Uh, the character is set and the mm-hmm. uh, the stage is set. Mm-hmm. And I had a long conversation today with a good friend of mine who's a pop songwriter in Nashville. And we were saying the, the streaming era has created an intense focus on the very first line of vocals mm-hmm. of every song. yeah Yeah. If you don't have them in that lyric and at that beginning, and if you haven't set the stage theatrically, yes. um, yeah you have... You will get skipped, yep. you will not get added. You, I mean, it's 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 probably more crucial now than it's been in any other time in the history of recorded music. Yeah. And so that character voice that you have in Waves, the mermaid of my dreams, or whatever, like that I'm thinking of, or whatever <laughs> yeah. someone has in their mind's eye, right? it's unimportant. The important part is that it feels real and true and that it doesn't feel like a put on and that it feels like you really are in that world. You know, it's like a great actor can make you convinced that like, oh, they really are in, you know, 1920s Italy. And and for me, you are at that romantic beach. You are at this sort of dream world. Uh, you know, there's no danger in it or nothing like that. So we need, you know we need as artists uh, you and I and everyone else working together to sort of like come together and create the stage for you. I mean, that's what producers yeah. do ostensibly they create a stage. You're, you're literally the actor. All I can do yeah. is bring the, <laughs> I bring the lights basically yeah. and hire, yeah. you know, hire some of the other actors, but what you have to say is so important.
0: Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree with you 100%, David, on every everything you just said, I agree 100%. And there's a <laughs> lot of good vocal dynamics that Abigail brings to this song. Um, that the, last, the ending vocal where she's like scatting, that, that honestly got me. Her vibrato that she's doing is just, it's really beautiful and unique. It's like something that I don't really get to hear a lot of anymore in today's music. So um, yeah, I just thought it was really, really well done with the vocal performance, especially.
3: Yeah, I mean, Donna, crush that. I think that one of Adam's strengths is, is also uh, she can imitate a trumpet really well. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's
1: not, That's well, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. It's, it's the product of spending a lot of time bored in the car and feeling like a lot of songs mm-hmm. could use better trumpet parts, so I added them myself. But uh, <laughs> sadly, it, wasn't, it didn't get a chance to be showcased on this song but on some of the others, it's in in there. (laughs) Well, and also, really,
2: this was the first song that you did. I think this is the first time you'd ever sung, you'd ever recorded vocals in a studio, right, Abigail?
1: It was my first... You know what, when I was, um, I think I was, like, 15 or something, I, I entered some kind of contest or little thing to get to record a demo in a studio. So I did record, but I spent, like literally I ran through the song twice and then they were like, here's your CD. And then I left. Um, So this was the first time that I had ever spent. And then I think my, my high school like had a recording class and some kids recorded me in a music room, but like, this was the first uh, This time you actually did. Yeah. Like a full day of like actually working in this studio as opposed to just popping in to use a microphone.
2: Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, I think when you start out as a, singer-songwriter and artist and you work with different producers I mean I I remember my first time (laughs) a few of my experiences with different producers and it can be really um (laughs) difficult when Mm -hmm. you know they they're taking you down a completely different direction oh yeah you imagine Mm -hmm. and so the good thing is with I knew David would just get her because you it's rare that you find the right producer for the right artist wouldn't you agree yeah. I
1: was I, I was like that. <laughs> I was so nervous like leading up to to recording I was just like like the night before um I was like oh my gosh you know I don't I didn't again I like like you said earlier I didn't really have a, a f- concrete concept of what a producer was other than mm-hmm. reading articles about artists who were like you know claimed or or the magazine claimed or whatever for them to have been pressured into going a certain way by their producer and I was like oh no like you know what I don't even know what a producer's job is I don't know what David's gonna be like I don't know I mean I trusted that he'd be normal relatively because Donna knew him um but i was like i was like i was like i don't know what to i don't know what to expect i looked up Mm -hmm. the name david baron the night before and i found like some european orchestral composer or something like that i was like is this the person that i meet like
3: i hope so that would be cool
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh, my gosh, wait. <laughs> like
3: a famous messianic um, rabbi from the turn of the century, Nate, with my same name, too. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. Uh, with an incredible beard, like the best beard you <laughs> ever see. Oh,
2: but my. also, but I was say that, um, you know, I'm always, I always feel that when you start writing a song, um, if you can record some amazing vocals, sometimes you, often you might want to keep that magic. So, um you know, fortunately, in the demo, we we did keep most of those vocals, didn't we? And we, add, mm-hmm. I think, we added a few more at David's. Um, but uh, we,
1: yeah, we kept the. I think we kept the base, like most of the most of the original vocal, and we added we added background parts, and we added like I think we redid the the sort of little bridge and the improv at the end, but I don't think we, I don't remember us having done a lot more to it. No, I think we kept the verse and the choruses, a chunk
2: of it was kept. And yeah, you just did those additions, especially the end, the scatting at the end, you did at David's, but um, yeah, you know, you want to create that magic the beginning mm-hmm. is the best. Did
0: you guys hit any roadblocks at all putting the song together?
2: Yes. The the funniest thing was because, as David says, Abigail is so you know, she's not somebody that comes into the studio and then you say, Right, I'm going to comp your vocals now, and then they they leave the room. I'm I'm just going to go and have a drink somewhere or whatever. She wants to know how it's done, what's going on, which is really great. But Mm -hmm. there was a moment, I think, in ways, remember Abigail in the chorus where. She had her own rhythm in her head and it was just so it could because she's so interestingly quirky, it was just it was tough to get that to start with. Do you remember Abigail? Because you were this locked is, into a rhythm for the chorus.
1: And this then, is Donna's really nice way of tell of saying that I don't have a great sense of rhythm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had well no, I had I had like a different the chorus melody was originally different. Donna Donna didn't entirely change it, but sort of had proposed um, like a, a revamp. Looked, and we yeah, went, And mm-hmm. we went with that because hers was just, you know, light years ahead of mine with regards to how, how like being catchy and everything. And so mm-hmm. um, I was attempting to do hers, but I still sort of had the rhythm of the old one, which was really distinct and very different sort of like stuck in my head and I couldn't really break out of it well. Uh, And so it was was just tough in that particular
2: moment. But I mean, as David was saying, I mean, the whole thing with music is that you can be, I mean, everybody wants to have something really cool, interesting, different, but at the end of the day, you have to have something that the listener can grab onto. As David was saying, times are different now. If something doesn't grab you in the first 30 seconds, it's over, or maybe yep. less. so um yeah, but we anyway, she she did amazing. I mean this that was her first time, and I think David would agree by the time she did her fourth track,, um, oh my God, you were like chalk and cheese, as we say in England.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I hope it's a good thing.. It, it's
2: like, <laughs> No, because you know you started up and then with your experience and then working with David and you know every song just got better and better mm-hmm. and and I just want to say one thing Abigail's songs are really I mean I remember hearing a couple of them and thinking oh my gosh I don't even know what what to do with that it's so good but I just don't know what to do with it but David did mm-hmm. because they're so interesting and unusual so um mm-hmm. I think David you'd agree and Abigail that your voice and everything just got better and better, right?
3: Yeah, I would definitely say so. I think uh, Abigail's one of the quickest learners. And also, I mean, I always look at it this way. Some artists sing and then they go outside and they come back and want to hear it finished. And some people want to be part of the whole process. And Mm -hmm. Abigail's definitely the latter. And I've often thought that artists that end up sort of paying a lot of attention to the production recording process or the ones that on the second record can produce it themselves. I mean, you can learn everything about production if you pay attention. And Abigail's definitely in that sort of, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to produce your own records or record your own records, but I think, I tend to think that a lot of very successful artists are like that. They soak everything in, you put a, you you know, you patch in a compressor, something super technical. And they're like, what does that do? And why is that meter moving? uh,
2: That's
0: very
3: Abigail. And then, you know, which I think, which ultimately gives you, you know, really gives me faith that, um, you know, she'll grow as an artist exponentially because she'll understand what a studio and a producer and musicians are capable of. Because a lot of what what makes great music is understanding, you know, it's kind of like being a chef. You understand, oh, I've got cheese, I've got tomatoes, and I just really don't know how to put it together. Once you've seen it put together, you're like, oh, I know how to make pizza and stuff like that. And recording's a lot like that. And mm-hmm. you become a great chef pretty quickly by just paying attention. And, and I think Abigail's probably one of the most... Um, you know, I mean, literally one of the most attentive people I've ever had in the studio in terms of questions and, and just sort of inquiry into everything.
1: I was going to say, like, one of the roadblocks for David might have been that I, like, literally would not let him do his job. Like, he would click a single <laughs> thing, and I was like, what are you doing? Explain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. That's but it was, all, it was all super interesting, and he was incredibly willing to explain it to me, and I feel like mm. I learned a lot
3: there's no secrets though that's the whole thing about all yeah. of this is that there's no secrets the, the biggest mystery that we have and we face as music creators is the muse the inspiration yes yeah. once you have the once you have that inspiration whatever the song is and the lyric and the sort of the feeling that makes you want to make this music everything else comes from experience and talent and hiring the right people and figuring out the right tempo you know what's mm-hmm. that thing that quincy jones says you know, uh you know I, I I record everything in the in the the tempo that God intended it to be, or something <laughs> like you
1: know
3: yeah. <laughs> whatever it's like like that's our job is like to figure out after the muse, I mean, the muse is like this crazy unicorn running around. once we catch the muse, then it's time to like you know you know make the whole tapestry and put it up on the wall and and that's what production is yeah. is is trying to trying to get, but I mean, the muse is by far. Probably ninety nine percent, the most valuable part of this whole process.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yep, yeah.
0: Abigail, can you tell everyone where they can download and stream Waves, and where they can follow you on social media?
1: Totally. Um, I am Ab just like at symbol Abigail Ori um, on Instagram. I have you know, Twitter and stuff. I really honestly don't use it. It's mostly just Instagram. <laughs> and then the song, just like to get all the places that you can find it. If you go to abielorilnkto slash waves, um, you'll find it on Spotify, on iTunes. Um, it's up as a, just like as the audio on YouTube. There will be, there will be a um, music video coming out. Do you have a date for that? um it should be around the 24th friday okay. july 24th nice. um but uh oh it's also up on on google play um but also if you just type in Abigail ori waves into you know itunes or spotify or whatever it should come up i can't wait to see the video yeah i can't do
0: this visual too <laughs> i kind of want to see david's visual now
3: <laughs> he had a great idea. <laughs> visuals in my mind. Yeah. yeah, but I'd like to see my visual too. But I'm sure that Abigail, I'm sure that Abigail's got an incredible. Uh, it sounds like she has a very talented yeah. animator working with.
1: I'm. I can't wait to to hear you guys' thoughts on it once it's once it's done. Maybe it'll live up to David's expectations. Who knows? <laughs> well, that's the, that's the beauty
2: of you because you're so creative i mean you have great visual sense and your last video you did was great so i'm i can't wait to see it yeah i was yeah Yeah, i was gonna
0: say i I don't know you very well yet but like based on just what i heard from this song i can imagine that you are just extremely creative so i am very much so looking forward to the video and seeing what your visuals look like
1: yeah i'm a well i'm a I'm a visual artist um and a filmmaker on top of oh, doing nice. music stuff um and I uh, co-directed my last two music videos and like some people when they say they co-directed didn't actually co-direct I definitely right. actually did co-direct um, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> and uh those are up on on youtube also they're not animated they're just they're they're live action um but worth checking out in my opinion. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for coming on my show. I, I really enjoyed learning about um, how this all came together and learning more about your sound too. I mean, it just sounds like you have a really great connection with David and Donna. So looking forward to hearing more from all three of you.
1: Yeah, this was so much fun. Well, it was great to, it was great to meet you and get to talk about the song and it was great to uh talk to Donna and David also who I <laughs> miss and haven't spoken with in a while. Um,
3: <laughs> so this was so cool. Yeah, thank you. Very, thank you, Lisa. You know, uh, I want to thank you personally because I think for a new songwriter, a very, very young uh, person, uh, especially a young female voice, uh, it's, it means so much to highlight new work because yeah, yeah. it, it, it's so often overshadowed and, uh, it means it means a lot to me and i really appreciate it yeah
1: me too me too feel the wind in my hair and the smoke at my fingertips breathing just to get by there's no real way to live whatever when the daybreak comes he fades away with the rising sun why On my skin, and the water starts to drag me in. This ocean of mine is a treacherous place to swim. And as it starts to reach high tide, I hope you start to feel alive.
0: To download and stream the full song and learn more about the artist, please visit the description of this episode. Make sure to follow me, your host, Lisa Dene, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at Lisa Music. Thank you for listening. <laughs>